I was in Israel, mm -hmm. and I was talking to some Israeli and Palestinian peacemakers. And I said, I'm, I'm telling you the truth, I said, well, you know, the great mother doesn't choose sides. According to Avatar, the great mother doesn't choose sides. She's there to protect balance. Yes. She doesn't pick a winner. She protects balance. And yes. do you know what the Palestinian and the Israelis in the room, do you know their reaction? What they say? They, they, they thought about it. They That's nodded. Good. And I think it was because some of them had seen Avatar. Yeah. In my experience, conversations are best had with a glass of whiskey. Join me, Alan Kogan, as I engage in meaningful discussions while enjoying a glass of my favorite spirit. Welcome to the Kogan Conversation. Hey, Grant. Alan Kogan. <laughs> Grant Brown. <laughs> there's no there's no natural way to start this. Uh, it's just... No. I mean, we've kind of naturally just, you know, got caught up off, off camera before this. But... Yeah. The big news is you're back. Yeah, I'm. I'm back for the time being. Okay. Uh, I have more training in the pipeline. I have no concrete date or um, real understanding of when I will be going to uh, officer candidate school in the United States Army. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm back from basic training uh, on what they consider split ops, which means I. I have a break in between uh, basic training and my next training station. Most uh, basic training trainees go to their AIT, which is their advanced individual training to learn their, their skills for their MOS, which is their job, um, whether it be like carpentry or mechanic or engineer or whatever the hell you want to uh, go do. Um, but I am going the officer route with uh, both my degrees qualifies me to be an officer in the United States Army. Uh, more of a leadership role, and I uh, I have to wait until I get into a, another roster for a class. Um, so I have a couple options, but uh, long story short, I'm not 100% sure when I'm going. I might be here for a little bit. I might not. Uh, but in the meantime, with the National Guard, I just go one weekend a month and do my do my job and and uh, learn and train. So, um, but yeah, it's uh, I'm back from basic training, and I'll be doing this with Grant as much as I can. Well, welcome back. No, it's uh, we've missed you. Um, yeah, everybody on on the the Kogan convo, still on the Kogan convo uh, hype train, if that ever existed. And I mean, you know, everyone you know and love has been uh, eagerly awaiting your return. And all some of us kept correspondence with you, but uh, clearly you had uh, had your hands full with uh, basic training. <laughs> A um, little bit, I. <laughs> Do you have any little well, tidbits and, you can you can give us? I mean, I know we talked yeah, about it, but yeah, I'm not going to go too much into army stuff just because I, I do want to separate my personal professional life a little bit. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't want to be one of those guys on social media who's like, oh, I'm in the army and therefore I have value. Um, I'm not a fan of those guys. Most people who are in the military don't like those guys. Uh, but. I mean, just, just a couple of tidbits just because it's kind of fun to talk about, and I'm it's initial training, so it's not a secret what basic training is, but uh, it's 10 weeks of basic combat training, and it is exactly what that is. It's basic. Um, it's just basically learning the ropes, the new stuff. Uh, to be, Some kids have never been yelled at before. Some kids didn't have very structured uh, upbringing, so sometimes it's a culture shock for them. 
uh, me coming in as a 27-year-old. I, actually, my birthday was the first full day of basic training on January 21st. Um, so that sucked. <laughs> but it, I mean, I, I, I know that I'm a little bit more mature. Uh, I, I've always gravitated to a, uh, an older crowd. Um, so I didn't really have that much trouble. Uh, drill sergeants would lean on me a little bit more for leadership roles, knowing that I probably just knew, you know, how to follow directions and be a little bit more disciplined on my own rather than them having to hold my hand all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but really that was the biggest uphill battle is that I'm dealing with a lot of naive, cocky, young 18 to 22 year olds who, who've never left their house uh, or let alone had a job. So, right. um, but you know, it's, as far as physically uh, taxing, I mean, yeah, there's stuff you know that that challenged me, but for the most part, I, I was I was in good enough shape to just kind of breeze through it. Um, they often call it smoke sessions when you guys do do something wrong or uh, uh, someone incorrectly salutes an officer or or an NCO or or whatever the case may be. You might get told to do a bunch of push-ups and sit-ups and and stuff like that, but that never really bothered me other than the fact that you know I was never the one doing anything wrong. I was always, I was a good boy in basic training. Um, so there were people who just messed up and drill sergeants would adequately fuck up the entire platoon because it's, if you fail, your entire team fails. That's the entire mentality. Right. It's a, it's a team sport. Um, other than that, I mean, obviously I was missing family, friends. I missed this outlet. Uh, I, of course, I know we corresponded, corresponded a little bit with mail, uh, snail mail. Um, I had a phone call. Uh, here and there, which I used to call, uh, you know, Anna and and my parents. But other than that, it was pretty much just relegated to, to snail mail, uh, which I enjoyed. I like getting mail and, and writing letters and, and doing that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but the the biggest thing I'll say, and I'll go into a couple tidbits that we could talk about a little bit and, and, and what it, it encompasses. But the biggest thing that I enjoyed was the disconnect from all the the. BS that, you know, you and I have talked about stuff on here. We've had people on to talk about stuff, but for for the most part, uh, a lot of what has been going on since I've came back, since I've come back, has been the same old petty BS that has existed within every facet of of local and state and federal government. Um, Things that are designed to, to make you know, clickbait articles online and divide us against each other and make some dumb Facebook comment thread argument that doesn't really do anything productive. Uh, and I mean, I came back and I was like, you know, I want to keep doing the cooking conversation. I want to keep this channel open, but I, I also kind of am, am tired and not really wanting to get back into like talking politics right? because I don't really care anymore. I, I have not gone through the doom scroll of, of the past 10 weeks. Cause I, I just don't care. Uh, on top of that though, I, I do have a, a, a solemn responsibility as I now am in the military and I am uh, a deployable soldier, uh, that there is a chain of command to respect. And, uh, regardless of whoever is holding the office of the president, uh, or anyone he's appointed in the department of defense, uh, whether I agree or disagree, that all has to remain private. Um, I think it's no question what my ideology uh, has been in the past. Um, I can assure you that my ideology has not much changed, but uh, I swore an oath to the Constitution, mm-hmm. and uh, that Constitution grants the, the commander-in-chief uh, is my boss. So that being said, I, I think we do have to you know, acknowledge that I'm 
I I have no I have no interest in bad mouthing anybody uh, on a personal level. Um, I would love to discuss bigger issues and larger policy points, regardless of the human being that might be behind them, mm-hmm. um, because I think those larger discussions are important just for a social network of understanding. Um, but yeah, I, that's uh, that's another layer of I have to you know make sure I'm careful because there are rules in in the uniform military uh, code of justice uh, that. I, I, you know, military members cannot badmouth their boss, just like in any other job. You wouldn't go on uh, a live interview with someone and say, you know, X, Y, and Z is bad, and then you expect to have your job the next morning. Right. It's not how that works. So it's got to be professional, and it, as it always has been, um, and I, I intend to keep it that way, if not more so, if possible. Yeah, I don't um, think any of us can fault you for that. And um, I got to say, just uh, I think I told you this right away, too, when we first talked, just having that ability to just disconnect. I envy it. That's that sounds yeah. wonderful. Um, so I don't blame you for not wanting to dive back in. Um, and yeah, none <laughs> of us are going to fault you for for not necessarily wanting to do that and uh, not risking everything you've worked so hard for either. So yeah, totally. Yeah, and I, I mean, I know it's going to be an ongoing conversation between the both of us of how we want to go about doing different things with uh, this podcast, and we've discussed a couple different formats or or schedules or ways to make it more either focused or do a monthly topic or something so those are going to be ongoing so we don't have anything to announce today or tonight or tomorrow or whenever this uh comes out but i i I think i think i think we have a we have we have ambition to make it better with every episode that we can we can put out yeah um and i think there's there's been episodes that we've had that are apolitical that are more so geared towards just someone's story and having a good conversation which is this is what it's about yeah um and there's so. th- the basis for everything and something the military can't stop you from is uh, enjoying a glass of your <laughs> favorite spirit that's right <laughs> Res- r- r- responsibly mm-hmm. of course oh absolutely <laughs> but yeah so um I don't know. I, I <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out a way. I don't want to. I'm not. I don't want to use this uh, this episode, however long we go here, to just like make it a recruitment video at all. I'm, I I I want to stress that that I, I yeah I'm in the military. Yeah, I have a job as a civilian. I'm in the National Guard, um, and that's pretty much all I'm going to say about that. I, I'm not going to come on here every episode and be like. I'm in the military, you know, it, it's, it's a fun fact because you get to know me as the, you know, the podcast host, the, the, you get to know who I am and what I stand for and, uh, what I love, what I'm passionate about, what I work towards. Um, but short of that, I, I don't think it's, it's any, it's not important for me to use that as a credential to make me sound more qualified in any other arena. Uh, except for killing people. I, uh, <laughs> Okay. Jesus Grant. <laughs> I mean, only I would killing, I would say you're more qualified only, to do that than me. Only killing bad people. Okay, Enemies. bad people. Let's call it. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Well, you know, and it's that's that's going to be the fun part about being an officer is that I I get a more uh nuanced, I'm going to use the word nuanced. I'm going to get a more nuanced uh approach to leadership and then I'm going to be able to use that in other facets of life, whether it be, uh, you know, work or relationships with other people and how, how to, uh, 
delegate and and discern information and how to best handle situations, especially under pressure, under stress. Yeah. Uh, because when when you have an ele- enemy element, uh, you know, engaging with you, and you have to figure out how you know how to handle that uh, as a as a second lieutenant, which I will be after I graduate OCS, um, and then also first lieutenant after after that. Um, I am a platoon leader. I'm in charge of, of a platoon of, let's say, 50 soldiers, and I have to make the decision for certain things. Or I've, I'm, a, I'm a squad leader in charge of eight other soldiers, and uh, it depends on what's going on. So you have to make those decisions rapidly and quick, and and, and uh, you can't hesitate. So I think that you know, that building confidence, building that uh, understanding of, of myself and uh, – like I said, building confidence, being more confident in that 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 under pressure moment that's going to help me so much. Even even with this, because it takes a lot of courage, I think, for you and I both to. I mean, shout out to you, but you know, myself too. I'll pat myself on the back too here for a minute. We we decided to build this platform and go out and just put ourselves and our voices and our faces out on the interwebs. And uh, oh, I I just you know, I'm gonna, a, I was going to comment. I just totally put you on the spot like two minutes ago, and you just saved it by making this awesome statement. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a per- that's, that's perfect the... demonstration right there, people. True statesman. <laughs> True diplomat. Yeah, yeah it's dip- there. We go diplomacy. There you go. Um, but the whole point uh, of of me joining the military and doing what I do in my, in my other professional setting and, you know, my personal, I, I love to work out. I love to, you know, better myself. I love to do this stuff with you and, and continue to get better. It's all about making yourself better, challenging yourself, putting yourself in uncomfortable uh, situations and uh, seeing how you can navigate them. Um, I mean, also there's the, the patriotic pride. I, I love, I, I want to serve the country. I, I, the, where, where we both work, I, I think we, we do a pretty amazing job for for people who who need help um, at a nonprofit, but you know I I, I find it pretty awesome, and uh, I, f- I feel very fortunate that I get to serve my country in two ways. Yeah, in both my civilian career and my military career. Um, but at the end of the day, there is a selfish reason because it betters me, it makes me better, it makes me prideful, it makes me yeah. stronger mentally and physically. So I mean, bettering yourself is is a part of uh, improving, you know. Mm-hmm. improving the lives of people around you as well like it's not just about you yeah and you can't you can't do much for others around you if you can't help yourself yeah um no i think we've but, we've definitely had multiple episodes where not only you but people we've had on have you know preached that that thought it's the the classic you know taking responsibility for your actions and and your life and the people you love and you know doing doing the best for yourself to do the best for them. Right. So, so on that note, what is, what does Grant have for me? How, how is Grant doing? What's new in Grant's life? I don't, I mean, I, I was I, <laughs> a couple weeks ago. I was on with Jake talking about existential dread. Not much has changed. You know, I was going to ask you, you haven't done the doom scroll yet. Is there anything that you've been wondering about that you haven't, gotten the update on yet i can i can give you an update on most things other than sports just don't ask me about that because i don't well, know anything so that's the that's the that's the funny thing because a lot of people ask me before i left uh while i was in basic training how disconnected would i really be mm-hmm. and i mean the, answer, the short answers vary um but you do get your phone more than you used to 
uh, I kind of attribute that to the fact that they're learning more and more about how unfortunately connected our mental health is to our phones. Mm -hmm. So if you bring a bunch of 18 year olds into basic training and then tell them they can't have their phones forever, you might have a different crisis on your hands, which is a problem. Um, but I guess in the short term, a little bit of coddling helps prevent larger issues. So anyway, uh, that's a whole other conversation. Um, <laughs> that is not it, that that isn't exclusive to basic training at all. Um, oh, but no, true. I. I <laughs> um, we so we learned about uh, the Super Bowl. Uh, through our drill sergeant, they let us know because they, they like sports, so they knew that we like sports, so they told us, like, hey, Tom Brady won again. Whoop-de-doo. Um, Big surprise. I knew the Packers – yeah, right. And I knew the Packers lost the playoff game that before that, so you know, that was told by another drill sergeant. And uh, other than that, uh, I know they, they told us that if there was any worldwide news that actually mattered um, or that some major – world changing or world shaking event that you know um happened they would let us know the only thing that they did ha that did happen with the whole winter storm crap that happened in texas mm -hmm. um i know that oh was my a god i major... forgot that did happen while you were gone yeah the Shit. major the power grid failure yeah that was that was rough yeah i know people people were freezing to death and dying um, no i felt really bad because like when it first started i was like these people don't understand There's a bunch of coddled Texans don't live in the Midwest, and then I'm like, oh, I heard, oh, people are freezing. Oh, oh, okay, now yeah. I feel bad for saying anything. <laughs> Just keep my <laughs> mouth shut. Yeah, well, I mean, and it sounds like they got under control now because the yeah. weather's back. But um, no, so uh, someone came out uh, and asked, hey, anybody here in the platoon or in the company have uh, any relatives in Texas? And you know, that's kind of an odd question mm -hmm. with no context. Like, right. what, what what the hell is going on? A couple of people raised their hand. They pulled them aside and said, hey, there's this uh, bad weather going on. Um, if you want, we'll give you some time to call your family if you need to just to check on them. Um, but that was it. Okay. Uh, so other than that, there was nothing. No no information whatsoever. I, I literally I went to the, the processing center to ship off to basic here in Baltimore and while I was waiting for things to go, my paperwork to get done and, and eating my free food from the military in the cafeteria, uh, the inauguration was going on. So it's literally like a... I uh, you I, left I, on I, inauguration I, day, yeah. Yeah, I left, I left under one administration and then another administration took over, which, like, again, regardless of whatever, it was just, it was an interesting, like, time stamp. Yeah. Right? Because uh, I'm watching this in a military office and it's like okay this is weird there's my new boss <laughs> then, uh, yeah it, 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 it really and um and then nothing nothing ever happened after that that i that i have seen that has been noteworthy other than just general petty partisan politics um so and we, again like i i don't i don't care to get into it but like that's that's been my understanding like i just don't care I like okay. that was my timestamp. That was the last major event that I, that I saw happen in the country, which I don't consider major. It happens every four years, but meh. I mean, there's still there's still I mean, a lot of the things that were bad in the last, you know, I, I mean, I, I, we're not going to get into like specifically the administration, but let's call it like the last political era into now. We'll just call it like Trump era, Biden era, 
most yeah. of the things have carried over. Nothing really yeah. changed. <laughs> All those bad things well, that were happening before are still happening now. All the good things that were happening before, most of them are still happening. Or there's different good things happening. So, right. Yeah. It's it's. I don't know. I mean, I mean, it's not wrong to call it a Trump era. It's not. It's not really you know pro or anti Trump. It's more so. There's no question that he he was an unconventional new type of president that never had existed before, mm-hmm. unless maybe if like Andrew Jackson had Twitter. Uh, but <laughs> I, I mean, it just it, a Twitter was also a new thing, and, and social media, and right. that's that's regardless of the presidency, regardless of of, of anybody in in in, in politics, uh, how we interact with each other on on social media has uh, just changed so much over the last four years. Right. Uh, I'm, you know, that's going to be probably a topic we want to cover is just the social fabric of what, what does social media offer? Is it, is it more good than bad? I mean, before you left, I remember the big thing we were talking about, even on political mash bill was, I mean, like big tech censorship was still doing its thing. Trump got taken off of Twitter. Parler had been completely removed off of all, um, platforms pretty much. Uh, that hasn't stopped. Yeah. I'm trying to think of any notable like like bannings that happened. I can't remember. I should, I mean like someone's getting canceled every day, you know. Like, oh, who did mm-hmm. something now? Like, nah. See, then that that's a, that's a good topic. That's a good topic example that, that I'm sure that'll be topical no matter when we do it. And that's what I'm kind of interested in do, is doing more evergreen social science question topics. That yeah. Cancel culture cancel culture is so pervasive and and erodes the credibility of actual claims of of wrongdoing or or you know homophobic or transphobic or racist rhetoric that if someone makes a joke 10 years ago on twitter like james gunn is a good example i was about to Uh, i was about to bring it up as a good example of what cancel culture can give us because without him getting fired from disney for 12 year old tweets we wouldn't have gotten this new suicide squad movie that looks awesome if you haven't seen so the you're trailer saying, yet. So you're saying, I'm saying cancel culture is good. It's a good thing, yes. We should keep canceling <laughs> people so they can make movies <laughs> at Warner Brothers. <laughs> but, I mean, it, that's, I guess that was an unintentional good side, side effect. But, that's what I'm saying. Because uh, it, it does look good. I, I can't wait for it. It looks better than whatever crap was. Who directed the first Suicide Squad? Who was that? David Ayer. Okay, well, okay. He made... You were watching it at Basic Fury. He made that movie. Oh yeah, that's a good movie. Uh, he wrote Training Day. He made End of Watch, which I haven't actually seen, but I've heard it's good. Oh, End of Watch is good with Jillian Hall. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's made some it, other stuff too. Oh, he made that Shia LaBeouf movie that just came out that was supposed to be really bad. Tax Collector. Oh. Yeah, I heard it was like very poorly advertised. The trailer is not anything what the movie is. Um, whatever. <laughs> or were we but, talking about cancel culture? Cancel yeah, David Ayer. Suicide Squad's back. <laughs> um, no, but I I always come back. To, I mean, this is just going to sprinkle through a couple things. But like, and we I think this is a really good topic to talk about at some point to actually look at the actual you know social implications for what cancel culture does to people. Um, in the same way that like the Me Too movement has been a little pervasive and, and, and it like it takes away from it's like the boy who cried wolf, right? Right. So you, you, you cry wolf so many times, the fifth or sixth or seventh time, 
uh, people just kind of go, okay, whatever. And then then there's actually a wolf. There's actually a racist person doing racist, horrible things, and they just, just kind of brush under the rug. Yeah. Uh, so if everything is sexual assault, if everything is sexual harassment, if everything is racist, if everything is transphobic, then nothing is. My issue, my issue though, is like, I mean, obviously we work for the same place now and we, we, you know, we want to keep our professional stuff separate from this, but like, there's like real actual systemic discrimination going on that just gets swept under the rug because it's not like someone accidentally says the N word on a podcast. It's like, oh no, Asian people are not being led into schools because we need quotas of, you know people based on race admitted like these things still happen there's no Mm -hmm. one on twitter shouting about this shit like (laughs) well i was actually i was actually talking about someone about about quota laws the other day that it it, a lot of quota laws that that restrict other different races or different genders from being in different parts of um i think the big one in california is that you have a a gender quota for 50 percent of women have to be on the board of directors or some shit um but it's the problem is it's a well-intentioned law, and I believe in my heart of hearts for the most part that legislators or you know local city council members believe that they're trying to solve a problem that exists, and the problem that exists is that there isn't enough diversity that occurs naturally within the workforce or within schools or within uh, higher CEO corporate structures. Mm-hmm. So their answer is, okay, so maybe we should try and open those, those, uh, I don't know, the, open the opportunity up so that we, or we, by, and by making it so that we have a certain number of women or men or gay or straight or black or white. And it's like, okay, you're, you are believing that you're doing something right to help solve a problem that you know is a problem. Mm -hmm. That's a lot different than like actual discriminatory Jim Crow era malice laws where the law was specifically saying you can't be here because you are not the same as me. The laws that we're trying to fight now are unintentionally discriminatory. In a way that, like, it's not mean. It's not. It's not like they're trying to be. For the mo- I, I don't. I don't know. What I'm trying to say is that it's not. Yeah, it's it's, to fight. it's kind of a case of the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Good, exactly. And it's it's harder to fight because of that. It's harder to fight because on the surface, you can sell as a, as a legislator that you're helping uh, put more black people or women into positions of authority. And that sounds amazing because, you know, oh, well, for how many years those people have been oppressed in this country? And it's like, yeah, we can all pat each other on the back. But what does that do to the overall social fabric of a meritocracy where we want everyone to be treated equally? It's it's like it's the common phrase equity versus equal or equality. Oh, yeah. No, it's like uh, quality of outcome versus you know quality of opportunity. Exactly. Well, now and, now that now that you're United Airlines pilots that you don't see. 99% of the flight, well, they're going to be, you know, people of color now. So we fix that problem yeah. that I, I guess. Well, and see, and you, it's very tough because United Airlines came out with that and said they're going to have a quota for, for race and gender. But if you come out against that, if you say, well, that's dumb, 
Well, then that makes you a sexist or a racist. Oh, I'm yeah. There, there you go. You just you just call and, me out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's it, but that's, it's, that, that's dumb. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, though. It's hard to fight that because. If the knee-jerk reaction is, if you're against my well-intentioned law because I feel good, it makes me feel good, it makes me feel like I'm doing something to solve the problem, even though it's not actually being productive for the actual social issue, uh, then it's easier to attack you and put you down and cancel you because you sound like the asshole who doesn't want to solve the problem. But somewhere in the middle, there are people like you and I who have discussed a happy medium solution where it's like, yeah, you know, diversity is good and important. And where I, my education background, my research that I've done for education, diversity is very good. Diversity is amazing for having children, having different uh, experiences and perspectives around them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's good for the for the social fabric to to see others around you who are who look different, who who talk different. The problem with that though is if you synthetically force there to be diversification. Mm-hmm. You create resentment. You create a, a, a system in which you're controlling who goes where, and that's not healthy either. It's actually less healthy. So where's the happy medium? Well, the happy medium was would be let people do what they want and hope that naturally there would be a more kumbaya moment of human beings where we all come together and say, we don't care who goes to our schools. We don't care who runs our companies. We care about whoever is best for the job or who lives near the school because it's shorter bus routes or just common sense stuff. But, and that's the thing though, where it's like it, to me, it's just, it's so nakedly baldly like pandery and like, it's just Mm -hmm. like talking down to like, how about these actual like qualified candidates who are also people of color? Like now it's like, Oh, well yeah, you're qualified, but we really like you because you're a different color. It's like, right. What I mean, it's like the story I, of the dude it, who got through school and he's black and he like specifically was handing in like shittily written papers and given good grades and he gets he's just like 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 swept through like school and then he doesn't know anything because they're just like, oh, well, you know, make him the yeah. top of the class. It's like, what? No, that's so damaging. It's so unbelievably like that is racist that's yeah so fucked up 100 percent, and it's <laughs> it's 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 very unfortunate that there are people in in positions of power uh at the lowest levels of government too like city council members who who think that if they give schools more money or more funding because they meet certain quotas with certain demographics uh i mean it happens there that happens with gay students it happens with Females. It happens with uh, black kids, Asian kids, Hispanic kids. Um, look, just looking for the right person to give a scholarship or to give a shout out or an award uh, that makes a school look better, looks more diverse, and then therefore you've thrown away all of meritocracy, and it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter if you perform well because you have to be a certain demographic to do so. And I think that spits in the face of those who are that demographic who actually are good and trying. Oh yeah, um, because. newsflash to anyone listening uh your skin color your religion uh your creed your ethnicity your your gender your sexual orientation whatever does not dictate how good or bad you are at something Mm -hmm. period i mean yeah short of short of like biologically like being able to give birth 
women are better at, of course, because they're the only ones that can do it. But other, like seriously, it you it, writing a paper in school, being good at at speaking in front of a crowd, that has no basis w- when it comes to anything other than your just general skill set. You know, it's starting to be more disturbing to me, and this doesn't reflect poorly on us or you. It reflects poorly on people who would otherwise hear what we're saying and need that preface to be convinced mm-hmm. like otherwise. Right. Like I, I'm I'm on like the Eric Weinstein train of like let's just have like every conversation start with like a two word thing that just like absolves us of all like of those like easy like cancely ri- labels like you're racist, sexist, homophobe, transphobe, XYZ for saying anything that is not like like everything is taken to such like a bad faith place these days and it's like I'm sick of it. I just want to like be well, able to like say stuff and be like, "Hey, I don't I don't need to like preface that I'm not like an asshole." <laughs> well, you, you know what that sounds like though. You know what that sounds like? Who's that? Gone with the wind. You're we're putting a disclaimer in front of everything we say. No, yeah, no. It's it's so like no yeah. no that is that is the most that is the great example of like I don't need to be told for four minutes in front of a movie that slavery was bad because I'm watching right. Gone with the Wind. It's like Right. Give me a break. Okay, yeah, there's yeah. people are stupid, sure. Audiences are dumb, but give people some goddamn credit. For God's well, and, sake. And that- it's not even about giving him credit. It's about solving the actual root of the issue. We, we, if we think that, if we honestly think that there's a problem where the audience will go and watch Gone with the Wind or or listen to a podcast where we talk about issues like this, and they come away with uh, the worst interpretation and then think that it's okay to view the South in this, you know, rose-colored antebellum way um, because of a movie they saw that is based on no one real. Um, if, if that actually is a problem and, and audiences are that dumb and short-sighted, do we really think that just putting a bandaid of disclaimers and like wrapping everyone in bubble wrap is going to solve that problem? That that problem will amplify and ex, uh, exponentially grow as generations come up and, uh, and, and, and yeah, no, then every, then everything turns into a sharp corner, you know? Exactly. So shouldn't we address the educational issue? That if if people are starting to just get rose-colored ideas of what the South was during slavery because we're not teaching it correctly in school, shouldn't we address the education of how we'd address our history in this country rather than slapping on a label saying, okay, guys, when you watch this, just remember slavery's bad. That, like, obviously, common sense, because you and I went to a good school. You and I have, have done our own personal investigatory research on, on, on everything because we love learning. We love reading. We love being inquisitive. And that's a good thing. Well, actually, I hate learning. I don't know why you're speaking for me. <laughs> cancel. I'm going to cancel myself. <laughs> I'm being IQist. Oh, don't start talking about IQ. Ooh. Um, yeah. Well... I, here, here, here's my here's my overall arching theme that has always been what what kind of drives me in in, the, in this conversation that we're having and what conversation I want to have in the future. Uh, we need to stop assuming the worst in each other. Yes. Um, when it comes to 
just because it's it's the most recent and the best example, uh, without anyone taking sides, it doesn't matter. This last election was a very rambunctious, raucous roller coaster ride of emotions and people just kind of hating each other. And families split up, families got angry, uh, very unhealthy ways of dealing with, oh, my guy won, your guy lost, the end of the world is here, the end of the world is, is, is being saved, it doesn't matter. Um, our savior, our 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 devil, uh, second coming of Christ versus the, the devil himself, all these horrible fear-mongering ways to address the, uh, any of the candidates running. Um, it's like you're, you're not able to sit across from your neighbor who disagrees with you on certain policy standpoints or, or certain values and understand that they, at the end of the day, they care about their family. They might care about themselves because everyone's allowed to be selfish. We have selfish, uh, you know, I just talked about how there are selfish reasons of why I do my things, but uh, people care about helping their family, their loved ones, what's best for their job, their position, their standing. And if you can't understand that perspective, if you can't step into someone else's shoes and understand where they're coming from, whether it be from the north or the south or the east or the west, uh, you have no place to, to, to talk down to someone because you you are incapable of understanding their perspective, and that's not fair. Mm-hmm. So don't assume that they're 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 evil because they support the person that you don't agree with or, don't, or or because they support a policy that you don't agree with. There might be a reason why they do. Maybe they're misinformed. Maybe you're misinformed. Maybe, maybe the policy has been uh, inadequately discussed in the public setting, and therefore neither of you know what you're talking about. Uh, wh- why can't we st- take a step back and, and just understand that there needs to be more listening, there needs to be more understanding, and to to to, to get to where we are now, and 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 have to say that and preface everything with, you know, rose-colored, soft rainbow words to make sure everything is happy and, and, and making sure I'm not offending you and making sure you're not offending me. And okay, now we can start the conversation. And it's like, oh, oh, oh hey, don't say that because it sounds a little racist. Like, okay, come on. We have to get past this and be able to talk about uncomfortable taboo issues that that we have to solve. I mean, there's a root, there's roots of issues. There's always uh, different layers that we are incapable of addressing. And that's, that's frustrating mm-hmm. because it... It's not productive. It, it It's counterproductive. It makes us go back in time, and it's not good. That's why we needed you back, Alan. <laughs> yeah, I'm here to save the day. I'm here to drink whiskey and uh, save the day. <laughs> yeah, get people to, to to chill the fuck out. Listen. Mm. Listen to each other a little bit. Now, what can we talk think... about next that'll make people mad? Vaccines or the Chauvin trial? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh well, and see this. This actually, this. I mean, there's two topics right there. Uh, um, does does the well, you you actually have some uh, insight on this? Does the government have the right to mandate vaccines? No. <laughs> but having said that, I got my first shot, but not because hey. the government told me I had to. Because you made the decision on your own. Yes. Right. That's how it should be. And that's honestly coming back. I mean. Just to give you a little insight on, on what it was like in, in, in basic training, um, we had masks on 24-7. Unless you were running or like doing a hard workout or uh, shower, excuse me, showering or sleeping, 
you had a mask on. Um, and that was even after we got tested twice and put into basically a bubble of where we all were clean and tested. Uh, it didn't matter. So I'm not opposed and I have never been opposed to the science behind how masks work because it's pretty obvious that they stop germs from spreading. Uh, but I've always been opposed to any kind of mandate that forces or coerces, uh, uh, the general public to do something. But that being said, that again doesn't address the root of the issue. The root of the issue is that the general public doesn't give a shit about each other. And if people had more of a empathetic approach to this whole pandemic, maybe we'd be better off to begin with. Maybe people would wear masks and wash their hands and sanitize and be careful where they're going and who they're coughing on or coughing next to. Um, it shouldn't require any kind of government at any level to come in and tell you what to do. Yeah, the the but, the, the so-called experts on the on the these these things though didn't really help themselves when the start of it they're making the the heroic lie. Oh, we need yeah. to we need to uh, um personal protective PPE doesn't uh work because right. um we we need to save them for the health frontline healthcare workers. It's like and then a month later, you're like, oh, everyone needs PPE all the time, and we're going to mandate it in our state freaking legislature. And it's like, okay, now you're overreaching right. your, your emergency powers. Right. Sorry, it doesn't work so, like that. <laughs> no. And it, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's like, you're right. We need more, we need, we need people to give a shit about each other. So we don't need right. this top-down, like, mandating approach. This, like, hand-holdy, like, oh, we got to tell you what to do because you don't know any better. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I'm kind of at the point now. It's been over a year that COVID has affected our lives. The pandemic has been going on. And I'm kind of at the point where, you know, do what you want. Um take precautions and I, I hope to God that those who have people who are in their family or people who they're close to who, who they see often who are either immunocompromised or very young children or, or, or newborns or elderly people or um, I said immunocompromised but people are who are generally at risk. Mm -hmm. if, if you're around those people or you happen to be by those people that I, ho I hope you take the proper precautions and do your due diligence and, and stay you know socially distanced and if you can't wear a mask and or maybe just don't go don't don't visit nursing homes and lick doorknobs don't do that mm -hmm. um but i mean that being said that should probably go for really flu season or any other uh you know if you have a cold like don't don't cough on your friends that 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 that's what baffled, baffled me in the beginning is that this call to wash your hands it, it's like shouldn't that be the normal thing we do you would, uh, you would hope we we don't need to wear masks everywhere we go, but unless there's an actual pathogen like like it was in the beginning, they understood. But I'm at the point now if like if you if you don't believe in this stuff, if you're kind of tired of it, whatever. Well, then maybe you should learn the hard way. And I, you know, I, I'm not opposed to you doing what you want. I'm I'm a big individual liberty type person. Uh, your freedoms are your freedoms. But if you go to the grocery store and uh, you're next to someone within six feet and you breathe in their aerosol and you go back home and you get sick and then you go to a nursing home and visit grandma and then grandma dies, uh, which has happened too many times in this country because of because of COVID-19. Uh, 
maybe that's the wake-up call you need to take it more seriously and be cautious of where you're going and who you're hanging out with. Uh, that being said, though, if you have a gr- young group of friends and, and you don't really go anywhere else, you don't have anyone to visit in a nursing home or you don't have any elderly people that you see on the regular basis and you're generally going to be fine and the, the death rate for your age group is very, very minimal, then I don't see a reason why you can't just enjoy your life and, and, and be cautious. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of a give or take. I, I, I don't want there to be this notion that you know, anyone who doesn't wear a mask or doesn't, who doesn't, uh, doesn't believe in science or some shit. Um, I, I think as long as you're wearing a mask when you're supposed to, when it's beneficial for the people around you, um, good. But if you have to learn the hard way, then you have to learn the hard way. And that's how life works. Yeah. But what about vaccines, Alan? You're avoiding the subject. <laughs> I'm not avoiding the subject. If you, if you <laughs> are, if you are in an area where vaccines are being uh, administered and you qualify, uh, get a vaccine. Vaccines work. End of story. I would agree. Yeah, I would. I um, would encourage if you if you are able, and you're not like pregnant or you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, you would be allergic for any reason. I mean, they have people on site help you, but right now the science says they're 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 pretty freaking safe. Yeah. So, I, I mean, and I, vaccines vaccines have been around for for. Almost a century. Yeah, and I, I I trust the science that the there have been diseases eradicated, there have been diseases controlled. Mm-hmm. Uh, the flu is controlled every year because of of different vaccines. Um, but I mean, if we can get the majority of the populace to be vaccinated, we can get back to normalcy faster. That being said, though, don't get a vaccine because the government or or someone's no. I to. I encourage healthy skepticism everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's important to discuss these things. It's important to ask questions, um, but it's also important to keep your uh, keep 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 your your sight on commonsensical notions. Like don't don't get down this rabbit hole of of, of vaccine anti-vax conspiracy theories online because it. I mean, there's it's fair there's to ask questions. Plenty but, of conspiracy thinking out there. Of course. Yeah, I, I just think there's no room for – I don't know how to address that because there's – I mean, every every study that has, has linked vaccines to anything like – I mean, for the big one was autism. That was dis- disproved pretty quickly. But any other mental issue or, or uh, um, reaction to the vaccine has been dispelled. It, it, it doesn't happen. Specifically for so. these, like, reports of, like, oh, it's going to, like – kill you like people who died after getting this covid vaccine it's like the death rate for the vaccines right now like people who died after getting it is actually less than the normal death rate for places yeah yeah just the death rate in general <laughs> yes so yeah. that's that's like okay yeah no it, it's it's a little silly um the the best argument I've heard for and we brought this up before you left was is like the Brett Weinstein argument where it's like it is like there there's no argument that it is a new kind of technology the mRNA delivery mm-hmm. mechanism that's being used and there are no long term studies of the effects of that. Well, because there's there's two different types of vaccines. One vaccine actually gives you a piece of the virus, yeah. so your antibodies. Uh, th- are are alert and recognize. I it. think that's the Johnson and Johnson is like that. I think yes, 
but yeah. the Moderna and the Pfizer are the mRNA. Yeah. Right. It's just a different way to do it. And I mean, that, and that's fair. The long-term, long-term study will exist in 20 years time. Yeah. And, uh, and we'll know more. And that's how science works. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I I trust, for the most part, I trust that most scientists and doctors and medical professionals are doing their job for the right reason. Yeah. I don't think there's, I there's no way in hell that there'd be a, enough of a cover up for there's a bunch of like evil, uh, hail Hydra scientists behind the scenes, like manipulating like oh we're gonna micro, we're gonna microchip everyone and Bill Gates is gonna be our overlord. Like guys, you you literally care carry around phones all the time yeah, right. monitoring your You've already microchipped location. yourself. You. Fucking, what you're using to complain <laughs> about this right now? Yeah, that it, it's there. You you got it already. Yeah. <laughs> please, please humor me by going on Facebook on your phone and posting a meme about how Bill Gates is microchipping you and that yeah. there's like lizard people. You're come on. The, you're, the, but the the argument about the long term effects thing though is like there's like definitive proof that COVID can cause very negative long term effects to your body like damaging yeah. not good so it's like it's like weigh those two like i i encourage you to be skeptical but like do you want covid to kill you 10 years sooner or do you want this vaccine that there's no real evidence that that will do that but i mean it's a roll of the dice i don't know i mean in the state of california if you drink out of a plastic bottle it has cancerous material I mean, I, I literally everything that's that says it's like in the state of California, this has been found to give cancer. Yes. Um, so, and uh, God, we, uh, I'm, we I'm stuff a responsible we drink stuff fast food in our fucking mouths every day, like you know, Preser- yeah, preservatives and and crap, and I mean, people people smoke uh, packs of cigarettes a day. Um, now, I I know that. I'm a responsible drinker. Mm-hmm. I don't have, you know, I'm not an alcoholic, but I enjoy a glass of whiskey here and there. Yeah. And I enjoy, I enjoy a cigar here and there. But number one, cigars are not cigarettes. They're, they're healthier. They're just not, <laughs> they're still not health. They're not healthy. They're tell just that, not healthy. Tell health. that to the guy with the mouth cancer. Smoking well, cigars his whole life. C- cigars are natural in tobacco. They're still bad for you, but they're not full of crap and arsenic and tar and whatnot that cigarettes are. That's fair. So that's, so cigarettes are a faster way to cancer. 100%. Also because you're inhaling the smoke. Cigars, you don't inhale the smoke. Um, but I was going to say, because we, we both like our whiskey and, oh, yeah. you know, that there have been studies on both sides that say a glass of whiskey a day could help uh, open up your your arteries and make your blood flow a little faster and make people who have lived 120 have said that, Oh, I enjoyed a, a, a scotch every day. Uh, and I ate an apple every day and whatever. Um, I, I think it's relative to the person, but you know, as long as you're, as long as you're being careful about things, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, if you're really worried about a vaccine that has been studied and studied and studied yet, you literally drink and drink and drink and go to nasty bars and 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 uh, chain smoke and all this other crap. Like, get, come on, get your priorities straight. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, it. it we're we're in an interesting time. We have always come back to that. Um, but yes, I I also encourage you if you have the the ability to, and you're not, you know. Uh, pe- people who are going to be like pregnant or they might have like a serious like concern about like some kind of allergic reaction i would 
say otherwise you should you should go for it or even like kids you know like kids under 16 yeah i know there's been people uh i've heard people say that if you've gotten uh another shot or a a booster um like a like a tetanus booster or something um they want you to wait like 60 to 90 days before you get a covid vaccine Mm. um which i mean fine i don't think we that's not cause for alarm it's just it's 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 how science works. Uh, I, anyway, I, I hope we get back to some set of, kind of normalcy. I know we're heading that direction. I know baseball stadiums are opening up. Um, obviously, and I, you know what? If a private business, whether it be a baseball stadium or a team or a Walmart or a, uh, a grocery store or whatever, wants you to wear a mask, even a bar wants you to wear a mask when you're not actively eating or drinking a, a a product, then wear a mask because they're asking you to because it's their business. Um, it's not an infringement on your freedoms if a private business is making the decision to safeguard their community because they feel the, the desire to do so. Yeah. Now, where where we can actually have the argument against the freedom thing is if, if, if big government or if police, police are rolling up and saying and enforcing you know, mask mandates, you know, okay, we can... Yeah, you, you have to close your business now because right you know government overreach basically right and from the beginning you know you have you and i have discussed it that whether this is a public health crisis or not uh if we're going to address it as such we have to address it equally if we're going to shut down businesses we can't we can't just shut down the ones that we like or the ones that i know there's been a lot of places that have shut down smaller mom and pop shops in favor of leaving open walmarts and 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 big you know big ticket stores right. so i don't know i i think i think there's a better way to do this but yeah and if you're gonna if you're gonna you know enforce an eviction moratorium then you need to you know support the people who aren't getting you know their livelihood anymore from people paying rent like you can't just exactly cancel one and not support the other like that doesn't work right. that way and if you're gonna hand out stimulus checks Oh, are you going to go down this road? (laughs) No, I'm not. Because that's, again, that's, it's, that's almost, that's almost needed because at the point that we were at when the first stimulus check rolled out, I I was actually just watching a a Joe Rogan podcast. Um, He was talking to, I think, Representative Dan Dan Crenshaw. And uh, they were discussing the stimulus checks and... Crenshaw had said that the stimulus checks went to everybody and Joe Rogan was like what and I I don't know how he didn't know this but Joe Rogan had thought and maybe others thought this as well I mean he he's a just he's don't... a millionaire he wouldn't get a check regardless you know well yeah but he had thought that only people who had lost their jobs or that were like economically impacted by covid were getting checks and Dan Crenshaw Yeah, I don't know said, how oh. he didn't know that either. That's very strange. It's a little out of touch. Everyone everyone under 75,000 a year was getting. Yeah. And then on top of that, if you had uh, dependents, you were getting more. Yeah. Um, so people who are like yourself and myself sitting at home, working from home, unimpacted largely by COVID, uh, other than just the luxuries of life, um, still have a steady income still have all of her benefits i mean i was i know uh, i was out of work for two months and initially during you were initially yeah, yeah you were yeah 
But so you would have been one who who probably deserved to have a little bit of assistance. Oh, I, or, yeah, or I, I, I definitely needed it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but me, I didn't. So then it's it's like okay, well, if we're gonna, is it easier just because of the bureaucratic nightmare that's government? Do we? Is it just easier for them to cut checks to everybody rather than figuring out who? Is that just the reason? And if that's true, then do we just have to hope that people are who are in good in a good place economically, like myself, to give their twelve hundred dollar check to a small business or to to donate it to someone who needs it on their own merit? Um, when we know that didn't happen, majority of people are either selfish and keep it for themselves, put it in their savings, Invested put it, it in a mutual fund. Yeah, invest in it in the cryptocurrency. Um, or uh, thanks, Elon Musk, for making that skyrocket. Mm-hmm. But, uh, or, um, you know, buy a bunch of crap they don't need. Wait, were and, you gone for GameStonk too? GameStonk. Oh my God, you didn't know this? I, oh, I you were gone for like that. Me. You didn't hear about the GameStop um, sh- uh, short squeeze? No. Oh. I get to be the first one to tell you this. <laughs> All right. Breaking news. Listen up. This was amazing. This was like, this was God tier meme stuff. So this subreddit called Wall Street Bets. Notice that there was a bunch of hedge funds, like Wall Street hedge funds, uh, shorting GameStop because it's so clearly a business that's on its way out. And it's, you know, it's going to, stock was tanking and they're betting against wait, wait, it. Wait, 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 wait. Basically. So is, is. Is GameStop publicly traded? Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, it is. And so here's the deal. Everyone on Wall Street Bets, they're like amateur like bettors. Basically, they got all the people in that Reddit community to band together and invest money into GameStop to raise the stock okay. price. And so okay. what it's called is a short squeeze. So GameStop rose to like 100 plus dollars a share in like days. <laughs> and all these hedge funds started folding because they had all of their money bet against GameStop. <laughs> and so it started doing it with like AMC, like AMC theaters. It happened to them too. <laughs> Blackberry, like all these, all these like fledgling, like big used to be big companies that like hedge funds had bet against these like amateur stock traders were investing all of their money into as a meme. To make these hedge funds fail. Oh my god! I can't believe you haven't heard. You, you totally missed that. It was amazing. That is might have been the best thing that happened while you were gone. <laughs> That's amazing. That I <laughs> I, so, I love Reddit so much. <laughs> <laughs> so so what? Where is it now? What what is what is the stock? Doing I think now? it. I mean, I, it's been ebbing and flowing, but I think it's still doing really good. Actually. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> if there's anything you go back and look at, it's got to be the the game stonk uh, saga. It's a, it's it's a play on the the stonks meme yes, that has been around exactly for, yes. ever. It 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 rose to like such a like a god tier like level. I'm not probably not explaining it good enough. Like the magic that was this. It was like a week where it was just like awesome, and it became like the top story everywhere. So is, is there going to be a sequel to The Big Short, but it's going to be about GameStop? I literally think that Adam McKay licensed it to make a movie from it already, yes. I actually think that's a it, thing. Oh, my God. 
No, because that 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 movie and Wolf of Wall Street like rose to like the number one rented movie again for like that week. Of course, they did. Of course. (sighs) I love it. Uh, That's that's amazing news. (laughs) Oh, oh, it was great. It was it was just like it was a win. It was a win for the for the little guy. Like everyone could get on board with it because nobody likes. Wall Street people. Nobody likes hedge funds. Right. Right. Well, I mean, that's. <laughs> I I I'm invested in cryptocurrency, and uh, I'm not invested in Bitcoin itself. I'm invested in a couple altcoins, but for the longest time, uh, Bitcoin and altcoins were kind of like symbiotic. When Bitcoin rose, everyone else rose too, and Bitcoin has been going off on a tear. I think it's up to like sixty grand right now. Where it was originally, like it's at highest a year ago was fifteen thousand, so it it's took yeah, off. Yeah, it's, it's, all the alt it's co- up to like fifty k now. Yeah, if not higher. But all, yeah, but all the altcoins have been like stagnant, mm-hmm. and it's like it's been pissing me off because, okay, here I'm about to leave for ten weeks for basic training. And I'm going to be disconnected for all this crap, and uh, my worst nightmare is that it spikes and I make a bunch of money, but I can't do anything because I'm not on my phone. Um. But it never did. But but it, it spiked. It kept spiking, but everything else stayed. And now, finally, in the last couple of weeks, things have started to join mm-hmm. Bitcoin, and I'm, I'm starting to make a little bit. And uh, I, I've I'm I'm plus, but I'm I want to ride it out and see what happens. I've already been holding it for like three years, but uh, all that all about that decentralized currency. Yeah. No, that was a big. I remember that Bitcoin. Um. Actually, like right around when you left, Bitcoin and Ethereum started shooting up like crazy. Because I know Elon Musk, they were like, "We're gonna, we're gonna do business only with Bitcoin." I don't think it was only with Bitcoin, but they were like and in, heavily investing like billions of dollars into it, and it like shot from like thirty five k to like forty five k in like a day. Yep, yep, it's nuts. Yeah, I, it's it's amazing what power uh, voices like Elon Musk has. Yes. No, when I mean, he tweets Doge I, and then it, it, it like skyrockets, you know. Yeah, literally, literally a, a cryptocurrency based on a meme of a dog. <laughs> it, like it's a joke, and he says, "I'm going to put it on the on Mars," and it just goes up by thirty <laughs> percent. I go, <laughs> I'm, I, whatever. This is this is lo- more just it just it's further proof. I think he's just out to prove further that we are truly in the simulation. Hey, I, he just was it yeah today or yesterday that they they broke through with the neural link. Oh, that's yeah. Oh my god, I haven't properly like sat down and processed that one yet. He like it's chimpanzees can unbelievable. It's unbelievable and terrifying at the same time. It's amazing, exciting, and completely terrifying all at the same time. Yeah, didn't was it from Neuralink that some people came out and said like yeah if we if Elon Musk wanted to build Jurassic Park he could. Yeah, no, they they just released that too. Yeah. With like, like oh, cool. gen- genetic engineering, yeah. No, it's not cool. That's, that's horrible. That's movie. <laughs> Haven't we learned our lesson? God. Well, okay. Here's here's my question: If Jurassic Park were to actually happen, or Jurassic World for that matter, okay, would there be the threat of an angry military militia guy who wants money and is power hungry and really wants to train velociraptors to fight in war would that be real th- a real threat or the threat more so be 
the fact that you'd have man-eating monsters with the inadequate security to contain them. I feel like the practical implementation of the park is more of a problem than like evil Toby Jones type people slamming their gavel at auction houses with dinosaurs for sale. Yeah, I don't think that's a thing. Um <laughs> Maybe those short those short Jurassic World. <laughs> I think the weird like animal rights people would show up first and weird like well, like genetic there's got to be like people who are not for like genetically engineering animals and people, right? Hey, I know a lot of vegans who are they're they're actually fans of exploring the idea of genetically grown meat that doesn't it's like the question of the island. Uh, but but is the meat alive? Like that's a different thing. Well, what is define alive? Because plants are alive and they don't care because they're not sentient. They're not conscious. So if you can grow meat in a conscienceless sack of whatever and then that's fine. it's lab grown. Yeah, that's fine. Right. So that that's the thing is that if it's – I don't know. See, you're fucking, you're fucking with nature. You're, you're playing God now. Yeah, and that's, that's scary. It's not good. I mean, look at the island. Uh, everyone's like, oh, yeah, we're going to make these organ donors – and really, they're just full-on clones. It's a great movie, Grant. Leave me alone. I love that movie. Which movie are you talking about now? The Island. The Island. Oh, yeah, the Michael Bay movie. With Ewan McGregor and Scarlett Johansson. It's actually, you know, it's not It's not terrible. No, it's a good, I like the concept. I'll give the movie some credit. I like Ewan. Yeah. Yeah. No, that wasn't bad. <laughs> I'm just thinking back on the island now. Yeah. The, the whole concept of like you know, they they present it to the, to the clients as this conscienceless sack of organs that is a clone of your own organs, and then that when you have a problem, it's like life insurance. They could just harvest a new heart that's your heart. Yeah, but then so you find out they're the alive people that that becomes bad and evil. Yeah, but well, it becomes an ethical question. Is it wrong to harvest clones if they're sentient? I mean, yeah, it's yes. killing people. It's murder. Yes. But it's also... I think there's a reason that we made cloning illegal. Yeah. We can't even... Well, I don't know. Speaking of cloning, remember that real sad Futurama episode with Fry's dog? Yeah, everybody remembers that. Yeah, that made me cry. That that cloning should have happened. He should have done it. Whatever. Yeah, that ending is like... What, I don't, yeah. No, no, I'm sad. The sad, <laughs> sad song. <laughs> what else can we talk about? What did I bring up before? What can we, what can we really, have you watched the trial at all? Have you been following it? Oh, Derek Chauvin? Yeah. Um, so that's, so this is a funny thing. I didn't know it was going to go, it was going on until I got to the airport in Charlotte. Uh, I had a layover. So I left. Coming back. I left Fort Jackson. Yeah, I left Fort Jackson, uh, Columbia, South Carolina is where Fort Jackson is. Uh, it's a real small, little, tiny, piss-poor airport. Um, and uh, I got on a plane, went to Charlotte. I had a five-hour layover in Charlotte, and uh, the trial was on TV. 
uh, CNN was playing it or something, and I was like, oh, I didn't know this was happening. And also didn't know they were going to be, like, live streaming the entire thing. Like, mm-hmm. this is the the trial of the century. It's like, like Michael Jackson's trials, I understand, because he's a pop star and everyone's, like, curious. Uh, O.J. Simpson's trial, I understand, because he's a, he's a big famous guy. But, like, this kind of stuff just, like, breeds racial tension more than it needs to it's like oh we're gonna i can i can see that argument but then the i can also see the opposite where it's like yeah people want to know that there's like transparency to it and accountability yeah yeah i i I agree and it's with this high high profile of a thing like but you're right there's also the argument to be made like "Mm, is this gonna sow some kind of other i don't know like i'm Regardless of the outcome, I'm worried. Yeah, it's it's another one of those cases where cooler heads hopefully will prevail, but I know they won't. Um, and I don't I, again, just like any of the riots or uh, protests or anything that happened over the summer. Uh, I, I fear that those who actually genuinely have a problem or a, or are trying to have a voice will get drowned out by opportunists mm-hmm. who just like to cause issue um that's why i I never liked the riot the the riot narrative because obviously there were rioters but how many of those rioters were actually doing it because they cared about the situation rather than just asshole kids with bricks wanting to take advantage of the situation and have some fun um you know that's that that's another problem too but i i think you're right i think regardless of the outcome of the case uh there, there still has to be systems in place to help prevent this from happening in the first place. Because whether or not Derek Chauvin is guilty of murder uh, in whatever degree, the the problem is that it got to that point in the first place. Yeah. And no. even if he's not guilty, even if he's found not guilty of murder, he should definitely be found guilty of like not doing his job well enough. Yeah, and that's, that's I mean, the messed up part where it's like it's... Like, clearly he's being scapegoated by, like, like, I'm not defending the dude. Like, fuck that mm-hmm. dude. It's a piece of shit. But, like, it, it's like, it's like, okay, but he's the bad one. These are the bad right. ones. We're not the bad ones. Our policies weren't the bad thing. There was nothing right. wrong here. It was just with that. Like, it, no, you're not addressing anything. Right. You're literally just like making a human sacrifice, and we're and it's not and it's not going to be enough because it isn't enough, right? I I think we have a problem though with I, I mean this kind of touches on the threat that the the theme that we've been talking about for the, the the entire night, but we don't know how to talk about uncomfortable issues like police brutality or police issue when you use those words police brutality it's a it's a buzz phrase Uh and it immediately immediately links you to the quote-unquote left and the quote-unquote anti-police uh anti back the blue movement yeah and it's like everything's a movement nowadays yeah no and there's there's no middle ground either yeah no you're either no back the blue or you're like black lives matter it's like I mean, honestly, every side, get off your high horse and just be willing to have a conversation about the actual issue. Like, why is it so hard for us to say that 
there are bad cops that exist, and therefore uh, we should address that problem on a case-by-case basis. Uh, Derek Chauvin comes up, this happens, uh, and then every everyone's quick to either say that, oh, well, George Floyd shouldn't have been doing something wrong. Well, okay, newsflash, police are also not supposed to kill guilty people. Right. Like, they're supposed to arrest them and then have a due process trial, mm-hmm. a fair trial, per the Constitution. So if you, like, you either support the Constitution and the, the, the facets that it gives to our uh, judicial system, or you don't. And that's frustrating. I don't know how to proceed when we have people who are so narrow-minded, narrow-sighted when it comes to a police. I, I, police police are the like the number one supporters of having accountability within their department. I know that. I have police friends. I have I have family that are in the police force. It, it's they don't want this to happen. They don't want there to be this perception of uh, the police don't care about certain communities. And unfortunately, the way that our media works is perception is very much reality. Mm-hmm. So how do you fix that? Well, you have to be more transparent and more willing to go the extra mile. And unfortunately, that means you're putting more of a burden and responsibility on those who are already putting their lives in harm's way. Because for the the most part, 99% of officers are doing the right thing in the right circumstances. But sometimes you have this that goes wrong. Even if it's a good cop who makes a bad decision under a a bunch of pressure after a bunch of social issues happen where everyone now has a phone and a camera um, and now you have a body camera on you. you know, are you acting differently because of that? Because you're worried about people are what people are going to think about you and now that you're putting yourselves in harm's way because of that hesitation? Yeah, but and then this case too, it's like nobody's addressing that like this shit's come up like even before the trial but like at it, it's like there was policies and trainings in place at that department that like condoned that shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not to take responsibility off a person, but, like, that's that's messed up. (laughs) But nobody's going to address that part. Like, There's an interesting study um, that I actually want to look look into it further, but there's a pipeline from military to law enforcement. And uh, there are lots who agree that... While military training is is good, it can be very good if, if you have a, a soldier who actually pays attention and is very well disciplined. Um, that training does not translate into just general community law enforcement. Uh, if you have a guy who has been a marine for twenty years and is a he's a he's a he's a jarhead. He's he's you know he's hard headed. He's strong. He's he's loud. He takes no prisoners and doesn't take any bullshit. Um, you know, a lot of times in, in, in police work, you need to have someone who's a little bit more calm, cool, and collected. Mm-hmm. And unless that person who was former military has a switch to switch that on and off in different situations, which I'm not saying that they don't exist. They, they do exist. And of course, there are, there are some great people who do it. But sometimes you get someone who comes in with this, you know, yeah, I want to find some action and do the badass stuff. Um, maybe reserve them for the special special operations SWAT teams that need that you need that for. But if it's just a guy who's addressing uh, a disorderly conduct homeless man, you're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to walk them down or talk them down from whatever they're doing by shouting at them and drawing your gun. 
Not that that happens that often, but it does happen. So we're having these practices like what you're discussing, the policies in place at certain departments where it's like you're almost removing the human element out of the guy you're you're arresting. Whether he's guilty or has been guilty in the past of other things, it, it doesn't matter. You have to take that as a case-by-case case and try them in a fair way with due process, period. Innocent until, until proven guilty. Um, that is a, a cornerstone of our government, of our society. That's what makes us different than every other country because if we start becoming the judge, jury, and executioner as law enforcement, um, we're no better than the countries that are stoning people and throwing you know gay people off of buildings and 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 making these rash horrible human rights decisions uh, obviously that comparison isn't there yet but we we have to be better about this and we have to be more human about this i would rather have mental health workers who know how to handle difficult situations with difficult people in police roles who are trained to also handle difficult situations when it comes to combatives or 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 getting physical but i'd rather have them make decisions rather than just having some guy who's a hothead. And unfortunately, the camera has caught more hotheads than normal, than, than there should be. Um, but that's not just, again, that the, the numbers don't lie too, that the majority of police work is fine. It's just that doesn't excuse away us addressing the problems that still exist. Just because most of it's good doesn't mean we should be like, ah, we can let some of that go through the cracks. No, we should still address it as it comes up. And make sure we can prevent prevent it as possible, but I don't know. It's tough because people are people are drug drugged to different extremes and have their opinions formed before they even research. Yeah. So let's keep ranting about random shit. I mean, I mean, there's there's more you could say about that too. I worry about the people who have their minds made all about like what the outcome either will be or should be. Right. And then what the actual outcome ends up being like. I mean, I honestly haven't been following the case uh, day by day. I, I, I've seen a couple tidbits of like a highlight here and there of the, from the prosecution. I'm preparing for the um, worst. That's all I'll say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm going to I'm going to say this. I trust our judicial system. I, I trust I trust the courtroom. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I really, I really believe that we, for the most part, live in a society in which our courts don't bend to public opinion. Um, I would hope that a court isn't going to, to to just throw the book at him just to make everyone happy, and I also hope the court wouldn't let him go just because they make other people happy. I would hope that they have a a, a sound jury and judge that make the best decision, mm-hmm. and uh, that'll be that. And people need to respect that decision. And <laughs> if there's room. I, I know it's a it's a pipe dream. Oh, yeah. I'm optimistic. Wouldn't that be the day? We love uh, that. One day. One day. Creative destruction. We were talking about this earlier. <laughs> yeah, creative destruction. It's a new it's a new uh, concept that I've introduced you to. Mm-hmm. What is, what is, now? We've talked about this. What does what does creative destruction mean to you? Um. I mean, it's it basically boils down to to build things. I hate to say it because Biden's just made it like the sorry your boss. Um, <laughs> we got to to build things back up better. You got to break things down first. Some yeah, things. it's it's basically it's basically the idea of 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 you know not 
not not that you're not caring about perceptions or, or or you know existing worries or concerns about certain things, but you're you're willing to break through barriers that might be an uphill battle and and, and breaking them down, even if they're good, to make a better step forward and building a better foundation. Because even if you have a couple good things, but they're not great, if you can break down those good things and make them better. You have a stronger foundation to build, continue to build up. Um, so creatively destroying things in a way that's not just removing them to remove them, but removing them in a way that is beneficial to all parties involved. That makes and it makes everyone see that oh wow, this thing that existed for twenty five years actually impeded progress because of X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And how do you do that in a in a creative PR? you know, showcasing the real problems that exist. Um, that's the, that's the trick. And I, I think creatively destroying parts of our society that don't, and I don't mean destroy as far as like, like actual, like physical destruction. That's not what that means, but like, yeah, you're, you're not on the, 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 you know, Maoist social revolution train. No, not, not yet. <laughs> no, um, but like, you know, high, uh, metaphorically destroying things, yeah. uh, getting, getting through and finding, um, better ways to do things better, better. I, I don't know if it's, if it, the right words, teamwork or understanding how to work with each other to build something for each other, if that's the right way to put that, um, it's like the, the pulling back that that idea of empathy and, and willing to do something better for your fellow man um, or woman. See, cancel culture, it's happening. Well, it's but, it's like the the all mother says they're protecting the balance of nature. <laughs> I hate I hate you so much. Didn't you miss me? <laughs> Oh, I did. I I missed you so much. I, obviously, that's an inside joke that makes no sense to people who are listening. But people have seen Avatar. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna open this podcast with that clip, just for. Lulz. I hope you do. I just do it. I I want you to do it. I want you to put this. Everyone this needs moment. to see that moment. Ever so good. No context. <laughs> What do they say? What, what what do they think? Oh, they thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <it's> so wrong. <laughs> oh man. Well, anyway, I I think uh, I think we have we have lots of material to to cover. Oh yes. But uh, like I said, uh, we'll we'll probably discuss and plan and figure out the direction and and what we're gonna do and and how to professionally go forward. Um, on both our ends, making sure that we're not uh, ruining each other's lives. But <laughs> we'll, we'll just play a game of who can get canceled first. I mean, it'll be me. <laughs> we haven't yet, and maybe we have to go back and find some juicy controversy. I'm just, we got to try really hard. We don't have to, that's a problem. <laughs> Creative destruction, Alan. 
that's not I guess that is pretty creative but it's destroying us yeah if you just if you get past the the like walking on eggshells the just like like establish yourself as someone who can tell the truth and know in your own heart that you are not a bad person yeah you're not a bad person <laughs> what is this therapy now <laughs> oh my god hasn't this right. what this <laughs> been the whole time like does anybody listen to this well honestly that that's the joke is that during COVID-19 is that uh, a bunch of guys started podcasts because it was therapy for them go to, this is therapeutic go to it's, therapy it's no start a podcast exactly yeah it has been good anyway I appreciate no, it, I appreciate having you back it's good to hey I just, get it out it's good to be back I've missed I've missed my whiskey I've missed uh mm, I'm sure I've missed I've missed whiskey I've missed conversations I've missed been able to uh sleep in <laughs> and raid my fridge whenever I want to there you go um the simple things you know oh yeah I'm gonna eat a frozen pizza but, tonight you can do yeah, that I you eat frozen, that you eat that pizza I ate a frozen pizza earlier before the podcast before we recorded don't gotta ask permission yeah. or anything you have time no to. I don't get yelled at it's it's great mm. Yeah, I hey, if if anyone wants to go to basic training, you get uh, fifteen minutes or less to eat your food. Sometimes it's a lot of food, so enjoy. I don't even need five. Just <laughs> just inhale. Just scarf it. Just put it in a blender and drink it. Yep. That seems inefficient. Like my teeth are, they're efficient blenders. Your teeth are faster than drinking. You're from Wisconsin. You can drink a beer. You can drink a smoothie of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> that's not comparable at all. Why not both? Well, yeah, that's what you, you need that little liquid to make it more of a Yeah, like a in, like a yogurt base to your your fruit smoothie or whatever, right? It, exactly. So you just put a, a a Miller Lite or PBR base to your pizza. He <laughs> <laughs> just, just grinds it up. That, that that should be a new offer at the at the Wisconsin State Fair or at at a, a stadium. You could you hey. could create it. I'm sure it would sell like hotcakes. Like you just get on that list of like hot new foods at the State Fair. Liquefied pizza, blend, <laughs> blended blended pizza with PBR, deep fried on a stick. Mm. You already sold me. <laughs> I'd buy it. You know there there is we we <laughs> wrap this up. We'll just keep going. Uh, I have I have one I have one pitch that that my, my dad and I actually talked about uh, and uh, Nick Nick Gort our friend Nick Gort who uh, has been on the podcast a couple times. Um, we wanted to take a, a Jack's Pizza or a, a, a DiGiorno Pizza or whatever uh, brand, thaw it out, don't cook it, thaw it out, and then roll it up into like a little burrito, and then uh, weave bacon around it so it's like wrapped in bacon and then you slice that into like medallions and then you batter it and then deep fry it and then put that on a stick so it's like a it's like a lollipop yeah it's like a deep fried pizza lollipop with bacon <laughs> and it, it, literally it's just bacon with well it's just pizza with bacon which is nothing revolutionary but it's deep but fried. the revolutionary part it's but yeah the up. revolutionary part is that it's deep fried and it's a shape it's like a dilly bar from Dairy Queen, but pizza. 
What if you rolled up? Okay. Brain blast. What if you rolled up a series of pizzas? So it's like a big roll. And then you slice, you slice that into more like those, like medallions, you call them, but it's even bigger. Yeah. Yeah. And then you make a pizza on top of that. Like you put pizza toppings and then you just like do another roll of that roll and you can just like keep like rollceptioning it into more pizza rolled pizza rolls. For more culinary advice, follow the Coden conversation. <laughs> These are the thoughts I, I have at night. <laughs> <laughs> and then you bl- and then you blend that with uh, well, that that would any, be your any, batter. Instead of like normal beer batter, you would do like a blended pizza roll, and then you oh. batter your pizza roll with like battered pizza. with pizza, <laughs> and then you deep fry it. You batter your pizza with pizza. I love it. I think we could sell. We could make millions. <laughs> this is America, baby. Hey, if you if your food isn't high in cholesterol, are you even American? No. Exactly. So, and then put it on top of a bloody mary. Grant, you're sweating. Yeah, can... <laughs> yeah, it's the meat sweats, you can hear it. I'm drooling. It's just wet. It's just wet here. Oh my god, it's moist. <laughs> and on that note, should we should we just do ASMR uh well, we, like we're making pizza but then we just ASMR of our salivation. <laughs> like that. All right, we're going to end this podcast. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, cheers, sir, uh, to future endeavors. I know we have more to talk about. We'll plan more, There's and I'm looking forward to nothing in this glass. To getting... Sorry to me know. <laughs> you pouring more? I can't cheers with an empty glass. Not that's a no, that's savage. good. It's, it's good etiquette. Good gentleman and a scholar. All right. Um, no, cheers, sir. Good to be back. I'm looking forward to, you know, doing some good recordings. I know this is a fun little silly welcome back, but I enjoy this because we need this. This is a blast. We need this. Yeah, absolutely. Hell yeah. All right. Thank <laughs> you right, so brother. much. We'll talk again soon. Of course. Sounds good. Man. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for joining the Kogan Conversation. Be sure to like, share, and follow us on all social media platforms. This podcast is available in video form on Facebook and YouTube and audio on all platforms where podcasts are supported. Please consider supporting us on Patreon. Just a few bucks a month can really help us grow. Visit us online at www.thekoganconvo.com for more details.